Amen. Well, praise God. Nice to be with everybody today. We're in 1 Peter in the Word today, 1 Peter chapter 4. Well, it's great to come and share the Word together and uh, just uh, look at the Scriptures today. We've been um, just talking a little bit over the last few weeks really about uh, really what the Lord's put us here to do, the mission of the church, and how, how we live that out. You know, we've kind of identified three key things that we're just trying to be simple with that actually are, are real um, essential aspects of what it means to follow Jesus. One, that we connect with God, that we are God's people, that there's a sense of connection, that we, everything we do flows out of that connection. Silver and gold I have not... But what I have, I give you. That there's a connection with God that enables us to minister. And uh, we've talked about how that works in our lives, what we carry in that, what we bring. And then last week we talked about the importance of growing together. That actually we cannot really become all that God wants us to be without each other. Isn't that interesting? That we need each other to be the church, to be what God, you know, in this day of individualism and when it's all about me and, you know, our family and my family, actually God's called us to be a family together. God identifies us as the people of God, a nation joined together to serve him. And we talked about the importance of that for our lives. And today I really want to follow this theme of, uh, of thirdly, serving others, that actually we're called to serve others, that Christianity is about serving others. Um, Christianity is not... Um, uh, about this kind of like private, personalized religion that's between me and God, that's expressed in how I pray, and, and that, that's part of it. But friends, it has to come out in how we serve others, in how we live within the world, in how we move through the world that's around us, and how we touch people's lives. And so I want to read this little passage from 1 Peter 4, starting at verse 7. It says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. It's a great verse. I haven't got time to preach on that this morning, but it's coming, friends. Do you know what I mean? What, a, what an amazing verse. The end of all things is near. You know, we're living in the last days. We are living in days when Jesus has promised to return. He will come again. And therefore, we need to think about what that means for us and how we live. Um, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit about just um, God's call upon our life to serve others. That as we follow Jesus, we've got to take seriously this sense of uh, uh, effective Christian living it comes out in how we uh, serve the Lord and serve those around us. That's something that we have to take on. That was Jesus' way of living. He described his mission really there in uh, the scripture that, that um, Matthew read earlier. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus said, I've come as a servant. I've come as someone who walks and who seeks to serve the purposes of God and also the people who I come into contact with. And if Jesus came to serve, then we need to understand our mission in that light. That actually what we do for God will involve serving others. We will give ourselves to the purposes of God's kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 23, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, serving is not just a nice Christian value that we all talk about, but don't actually pay much attention to. It's something that we need to do. 
It's something that we need to add to the life that we live. It's something that actually changes how we grow and develop as disciples of Christ. It's something that actually works out in us maturity and growth and understanding and effectiveness as we seek to be. It's something that enables us to make our unique contribution that God's gifted us to do, but also enables us to make our common contribution to the body of Christ. Because, you know, we need both. You know, we need to do what God's the things that God has uniquely gifted us to do. How many of you know that if I tried to sing over you a little word, a song like Phoebe just did, the place wouldn't be full of blessing this morning? It'd be full of a noise. See, we've got to use our gifts. We have a unique contribution each to make. But, but we also have a common contribution. We also have something that we can do that all of us can contribute. Uh, there are jobs that need doing. There are things that make the church work that don't need unique gifted people. They just need willing, serving people. That's what makes it work. Uh, we were going to get the uh, overhead person to uh, stop putting the words up halfway through a song this morning, but thought that would just create more confusion than normal. Because, you know, it just takes someone not to do that little bit, and the whole thing starts to look, you know. The singers would be going... They were doing that anyway, I think, you know. Just because we all have a a contribution that we need to make. And we need to understand that within the sense of of serving God. So I want to talk this morning a little bit about why serving is important. And then just about, uh, uh, from this verse here in uh, 1 Peter 4, just a few little things about how we serve. Firstly, serving is how we become more like Jesus. It's, it's, can I say to you, friends, it's, it's not through your Bible knowledge. The devil knows the Bible probably better than all of us. And he's not like Jesus. It's not your Bible knowledge that makes you Christ-like. It's not the worship songs you sing. They're for Christ. It's how you live out the Bible knowledge that you have. It's how you serve others around you. That's what makes you like him. Jesus said to his disciples as he washed their feet, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. Wow. I want you to think about that. This this amazing image of Jesus coming and taking on the most menial of tasks to to clean. I remember once being in Kosovo, um, just after the war, and uh, the place was a, a tip. And we were walking through some of these kind of European flats and going to someone's house, and I didn't know where we were going. Um, uh, the missionary was taking me, and we ended up in this flat having tea, and we had to take our shoes off when we got there because they were covered in mud and all that kind of stuff. And halfway through the, the meal, I was just sitting eating, and I noticed that the lady of the house, the, the hostess who had made the meal, I noticed her slip out and pick up my shoes. And, you know, it's a bit curious because it's a bit of a socially awkward situation, isn't it, really? I mean, I'm going, what's she doing with my shoes, that woman? Because in England, it wouldn't happen, would it? Let's be honest, do you know what I mean? And, and, and she disappeared in my shoes, and I said to the missionary, that woman's got my shoes. I thought she was going to flog them, do you know what I mean? He said, oh, it's all right, just eat your dinner, do you know what I mean? And when I came, that lady, had, as she had served dinner, she had gone out of the room, and she'd taken everybody's guests, all the guests' shoes away and cleaned the mud off them and brought them back so they were clean for us to leave. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow. You know, that's, that's something, isn't it? And, you know, and I and this culture there and all kinds of stuff, but I find, I find it hard. Because she didn't consider herself to be below, she considered herself to be lifting up her guests. 
to serve others, to do something for somebody else. That is the nature of Jesus. That, that is who he is. You see, the world sees servanthood or servants as people who are weaker or impoverished or in a poorer position. People who have no choice have to be servants. But Jesus had a choice and still chose to serve. He chose to make himself. He saw something greater. He saw something uh, stronger, something more noble, something more humble about taking the path of servanthood. And and if we're going to really be Christ-like in our following, then we need to recognize that serving is how we begin to look like Jesus. You will never look more like Jesus to someone than when you serve them. See, sometimes we want it to be our powerful words that we speak that are going to transform their lives. And there's a place for that, but it starts with servanthood. It starts with somebody playing the part of, of someone who's willing to serve others. The Bible says about Jesus that he was in very nature God. He, he was God. And yet he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. It actually says in John 13 about when it talks about the washing of the feet. It says Jesus knowing who he was and where he had came from took up the bowl and washed the disciples feet. He understood who he was, and in understanding who he was, he was very willing to be a a servant of others, and then he called his disciples to follow that. And so we need to recognize for us, if we're going to be like Jesus, it's not by how many verses of scripture we can pray, uh, and uh, how many hours we spend in prayer, or how many songs of worship we sing, uh, it's, it's really reflected in how we serve those around us. How we act in the world as we pass through it. How we bring a contribution to those. That's when we begin to look like him. That's when we begin to sound like him. And here's the thing. When we avoid doing that, we become less like him. When we choose not to, we become less like. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan and he talked about the priest and the Levite who passed by on the other side, who chose not to do what they should have made a priority to do. And he said, this man, the Good Samaritan, was the one who loved his neighbor, who took care of him. And it's a challenge to us because, I don't know about you, but it's sometimes easier to sing songs in church, isn't it? Than, than live as a servant before other people we need to become more like him and we do that through serving we do that through serving secondly serving tests our motives and builds our character oh i was waiting for the amens to start flourishing i was waiting for hallelujah god's testing me serving tests our motives and builds our character. I love this verse, Ephesians 6 verse 7. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. You have to remind yourself of that sometimes, don't you? When you, when you are expecting people to be thankful and they're not. And you sit there and think, for goodness sake, bless you. It comes out, you know, just this hurt and this upset, this sense of grievance. We've got to be people who say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm serving because I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving wholeheartedly. By the way, Paul is speaking to slaves who are serving their masters here. And he's saying to them, he said, don't just serve them when they're looking at you, but actually when their eye isn't on you, serve the same way. Give it your all. See, serving tests your motive. See, sometimes you 
step up to serve and you think it's going to be something and then you find out it's something else. Hello. And all of a sudden you're going, I don't really end up here doing this. Where's, where's all the people I thought would be here? Where are they? Do you know what I mean? It's just me. See, serving tests you because all of a sudden you find that you have to carry something for the Lord. And, and other people maybe aren't just where you thought they would be or doing what you thought they would do. I always say it's easy to be a servant until someone treats you like one. It's easy to say, oh, I'm just serving the Lord. Good, well, here's a mop. Can you please clean that sick up off the step? Yes, bless you. It's hard, isn't it? My favorite morning in church in Stoke was coming to find a frozen human poo on the doorstep. That was a blessed moment. I rejoiced in Jesus, sang all the way as I got the shovel and scooped it up. Because I didn't want everybody else to have to tread in it as they came in. Because they'd have wrecked the carpet. They don't prepare you for that at Bible college. It's just part of life, isn't it? You've got to serve. Sometimes you have to do stuff and you have to give yourself, and it tests your motives. Because sometimes you find yourself uh, and you think of something as a great opportunity for you, but actually when you do it, it's about serving, and all of a sudden you're not quite as appreciated as you thought you were going to be, and all of a sudden your motives start to... Do they know who I am? Don't, don't, don't they realize this is my... Op- and all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's... See, serving tests our motives, and it builds our character. See, if you don't serve somebody then your character stays unaffected because your life is about you and what you can get out of it but when you serve other people you soon realize that there are boundaries beyond you which you've never been before and you're going to have to go if you're going to serve effectively you're going to have to learn new levels of patience to serve other people hello you're going to have to learn brotherly kindness and love and concern because here's the thing it's easy to despise people at a distance but up close it's much much harder Because your gift and your attitude and your character has to change so that you can learn to serve. That's why Jesus gave up heaven and came to earth. So he could look the people in the face and know that he was dying for them. Flesh and blood. And so we have to kind of take that on board and, and carry it with ourselves. Serving tests our motives and our attitudes. And we become like Jesus when that happens. Jesus said this, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's just like us, isn't it? That's who the Lord is. He's kind to us. And so one of the reasons we serve is so that the character of God can be developed in our lives, so that the fruit of the Spirit can be seen in us, so that even if we're not thanked, we still do the job because we're doing it wholeheartedly as if we're serving the Lord. Now, that's not to say that people shouldn't thank you. Of course they should. But actually, sometimes it just doesn't happen. We all know that, because we've all done that. And so our attitude has to be, you know what, Lord? I'm not fighting. This isn't about me, Lord. This is about being able to get this done. It's being able to make it happen and to work it out. This is a tough lesson for many of us 
to learn. Remember John the Baptist, the story of John the Baptist, and as he came, and he was this revival preacher, and people were flocking into the wilderness to hear him and look at him and see him eat honey and locusts and all that kind of weird stuff. And then one day what happened was uh, his disciples came to him and said, John, all, all these people are going over to Jesus. Our popularity is on the wane. People aren't coming to our revival meetings anymore. John, what are we going to do? And John just simply said this, the friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And he is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. He said, you know what? That joy, I'm joyful that this is happening because that means that God's purpose is being accomplished. So it's not about me. And he actually says these words, he must become greater, I must become less. He understood what servanthood was about. It tested his character. And, and, and you know, it tested his motives. So he was able to say, this isn't about me, this is about Jesus. And so we need to carry that with us and recognize that one of the reasons we're called to serve is because it changes us and makes us who God wants us to be. And then thirdly, serving brings credibility and encouragement. 1 Timothy 3.13, great old verse, talking about um, people who serve in the church. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Paul says to Timothy, listen, it's people who serve who actually, they, they, they gain credibility before others. You know, it's nearly always the case that if you want something done, you ask somebody who does something. Because they're the ones who are going to make it happen. It's just nearly that, I wouldn't almost say it's a, a golden rule, but it's a principle in life. Because there are people who will do and there are people who don't. And so what happens is you come and you say, okay, uh, you know, we need this doing. And you go to somebody who's got credibility, whose previous service have made them stand out and be noticeable as someone who's got a willing spirit. Because a willing spirit is, is a big thing. And so you come and, and you look for that, and it gives them credibility. There was a lady in the, in the early church yeah, um, who was called Dorcas. Tabitha was a Greek name. Um, uh, Uh, Dorcas, and it said that her testimony was this, she was always doing good and helping the poor. What a great testimony, eh? What a great thing to be said about her. And so you can guarantee that when people needed help with the poor, they went to Dorcas. Because they knew she was going to go, what can I do? How can I help? She wasn't going to go, oh, I'm a bit busy. I got a lot on. This is my life. It's really bad. She had credibility and it encouraged generosity in other people. And see, that's what we need to develop in our lives. This, this sense of it, this testimony that actually says to people, actually, you know what? They do good. You know, we have to develop that within our lives and in our circumstances. Not just as a church, which we are doing, but actually as individuals. And that's one of the biggest challenges of our lives, isn't it? To be seen as someone who's positive and who'll make time rather than someone who's negative and who has no time. Because time's a big commitment for all of us. We're all more time conscious than we've ever been. And so we need to understand, actually, I want to have a reputation for, for having gained an excellent standing because of a servant spirit. Because actually people can see the Lord working in me. Paul says to Philemon in his letter to him, he said, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. What a great thing to say. He says, you know what, Philemon, I'm not with you, but I'm so encouraged because you're just someone who serves others. And I love that about you. And so we need to understand that, that actually as we serve, as we do what God... And you know, the context isn't important. There's many different ways, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But, but where you are, where God has planted you, where you work, where your family is, where you socialize, where you worship, these are all contexts in which you're serving gives you credibility with people. 
It affects it. Because people do, we all have it, don't we? We all make those decisions about people, don't we? They'll help. No point asking them. Or is it just me? Come on, we're all the same. We all know. Because we know some people who are willing and other people who are not willing. Some people who have a servant spirit, other people who haven't such a servant spirit. And, and, and you know what? That's not being judgmental. That's understanding credibility. That actually some people have been there and they can be relied on. And we, we all need to be followed. If we're followers of Christ, we need to ask ourselves, actually, what kind of credibility do I have on this issue? Am I someone who's a servant? Am I someone who, who actually will? You know, and I, you're saying to me, Lord, don't put more pressure on me. I'm not putting pressure on you. I'm trying to help you become like Christ. It's a difference, friends. Because if you become like Christ, you're not, you're not doing it because you have to. You're doing it because you're becoming like him and you love him. I was reading this morning on Facebook. You know, there's a difference between servitude and servanthood. Servitude is, I don't have a choice. I have to do this. People have made me feel so guilty if I don't do it. I'm never going to be looked upon. That's, that's servitude. You don't have to do anything, friends. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're free. Servanthood is, actually, I want to be like Jesus. I want people to look at me and see the love of Jesus in me. Therefore, I, I am going to serve. Okay, I've got 10 minutes to finish off, okay? And uh, that was my introduction. Just quickly, this verse that I read, uh, these, uh, 1 Peter 4 verse 10, this verse is really the verse I want you to take home. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Three very simple things from this. Each of us have a gift. Each of us have a gift we can use. We need to be very careful that we don't dismiss ourselves and disqualify ourselves and say, oh, well, you know, I'm not gifted. Listen, some people's gifts are obvious. Just like sin is obvious, one of Neil's favorite verses, the sins of some are obvious coming before them and the sins of others trail behind. You know, you see them, but good works is the same. In fact, the very next verse in the Bible says that, that good works, let me read it to you, um, oh, if I can find the scripture, in the same way, good deeds are obvious and even those that are not obvious cannot remain hidden. Listen, as we serve God, each of us has to understand that actually all of us can do that. See, if serving God is just the, the remit of some, then we'll all disqualify ourselves. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have the right background, the personality. You know. And what we do is we excuse ourselves from, from gifting. But the Bible says each one of us has the ability to serve. Now, now, where we serve and how we serve is different. That's great. But each of us has to own the fact that God expects us to serve. He expects us to be servants of, the, of his kingdom and of those around us so that we can use what God has given us to serve others. If we believe that we don't have a contribution to make, we're actually contradicting what the Bible says. So we need to own that and say, you know what, I, this, is part of, this is for me. Each of us has a gift. Secondly, we need to recognize that we don't all have to serve in the same way. <laughs> Thank the Lord. God has made us different. God has made us different. Some of you will have heard uh, Patrick and Helen talk about going on the streets, and you'll be thinking, not in a million years. Some of you will be thinking, I'd love to do that. Why? Because you're different. We don't all have to be the same. 
That's not who we are. We are the body of Christ. We're all different. We've got different gifts. Because your gift is not their gift, it doesn't mean it's less than it or more than it. It just means you're different. It means that God has created you fearfully and wonderfully and has given you the ability to serve him in some way. And so the issue for you is actually, what am I going to do with what God has given me to serve others? Now, that's, that's a biblical responsibility for each of us. Each of us has a gift to serve God, in, to give God's grace in its various forms. And, and, and the Bible is on to talk about that. 1 Corinthians 12, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of serving, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Listen, we don't all have to be the same. And so the context that we use our gifts in is varied and different. Some of you are incredible technical people. Some of you are incredible, you know, in, in the way that you deal with caring and mercy and, uh, you know, management. And You've all got the gift that God's given you. So use it. Cherish it. Recognize it. Own it. Some of it's going to be in a vocational context. In other words, you're able to use your gift within the job that you have. Others maybe are not going to be able to do that. Your job will equip you for life, but you've got other gifts you can use outside of that. Listen, it doesn't matter. Use it to do whatever God's given you to do because it's that gift from God that he's put within you. The Bible says this in Romans 12, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. I say to everybody, you can have the gift of encouragement if you want to. You get, we can all start with that one, can't we? Some of you might think about doing that to your pastor on a Sunday morning. Just a little gift of encouragement. Because so often we, just, uh, we can be negative in our responses, can't we? But, you know, we can all be encouraging, but you just find some people who are encouraging, don't you? See, there's a difference. There's a difference with being encouraging, and there's a difference of, courage of, 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 of giving encouragement. There's a difference between being able to give. We can all give, but some people are just givers. They love to give. It's a blessing to them. They don't think about, oh, no, not another offering. They think, Lord, what do you want me to give? It's just who they are. Some people, we can all care for others, but some people are just, they've got that gift of caring and mercy. And they look at people and they want to be involved and they want to help and go, it's just how God's made them. Some people are teachers and they just love to teach in any context. And so we have to recognize the passion that God's given us and the gifting that God's given us and use it. And then, okay, maybe my final point today, which is kind of my big one, I think. Not in time, but just in point. (laughs) says this we are called to be faithful stewards of God's grace and I want you to think about that little verse faithful stewards see a faithful steward is someone who works with what they have to get the most out of it a faithful steward is not someone who just says oh well you know if the opportunity turns up I'll take it a faithful steward is someone who says I'm going to make this happen with what I have I'm going to use what I have to the best of my ability. I'm going to make plans. I'm going to put them into practice. I'm going to adjust them. I'm going to review them. I'm going to serve. See, a faithful steward is someone who says, yes, I'll be there, and then is there. You know, one of the biggest problems in church life today is people who say they'll be there and aren't there. I'm sorry, church, but it's amazing. It's not just my church. It's across the country. It's probably across the world. I'll find out in India this week. But the people who say, yeah, I'll be there, and, and don't come. Just keeping their word. Why? Because they've stopped being faithful stewards of their word. See, when you stop being a faithful steward of your word, you can't convince yourself you're going to be a faithful steward of everything else. 
So there's this little sense of that. You know, actually, it's better to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to use what you've given me, and I'm going to make a plan to use it. So we've got a ministry fair today, which is just an opportunity to say, okay, here's some ways you can serve. But you know what? I'm not really bothered about that, because actually, the truth is, we can only do what we can do. What I'm bothered about is you saying, actually, God has given me this gift, and I'm going to find a way that I can use it. It doesn't matter where you use it. I don't matter if you never use it in church. But friends, if you don't use it, then that's your responsibility before the Lord. And God expects you to use it, to faithfully steward the gift that God has given to you. You see, it's when you faithfully steward it. See, if, if using our gift depends on how we feel, or how, you know, you should see the worship team when they turn up at 8 o'clock, uh, you know, here this morning. None of them feel like being here. They all come in with bears like a sore head. Stephen, man alive, unless you're giving him three cups of coffee, he's dead to the world. Do you know what I mean? It, it, they, don't, they don't come in, but you know why they're here? Because they're stewarding the gift. It's a commitment. See, nothing that you are involved in, in life, happens without faithful stewardship. And somehow we've got to apply that rule, that principle. It's not a rule. Well, maybe it is. Um, that principle to how we live for God. Because it can't just be down to how we feel in a particular day. Because how you feel in a particular day changes. Anybody noticed? One day you're all, oh yes Lord, I'm going to take the world. The next day it's, oh God, please hide me from the world. And it's only faithful stewardship that makes the difference. It's saying, okay Lord, whatever happens today, I'm still focused. I'm, giving, I'm doing what you're doing. You see, we can't do that at work, can we? Can't find at work today and say, I'm a bit overwhelmed today. You've got to turn up. It's part, of, it's part of who we're called to be, what we're called to do. Jesus said this, and it's one of these verses that we very rarely read in the Bible. John Mark's going to love it. Luke 17, verse 10. Jesus, talking to his disciples, said this, So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. See, we don't like that little D word, do we? Duty. We prefer the F word, free. I'm free. Yes, you are free, but you also got duty. Because the Lord's given you a gift that he expects you to use. That he asks you to invest. That he wants you to uh, faithfully steward so that you can get the most out of it. Because it's when you're using it and thinking about it and planning it. See, there's no point saying, well, I have a mercy gift and I love, to, I love to pray for people if you then don't look for somebody to look and show mercy to. You can be the most merciful person in the world at home, but people need mercy. You can be the most generous person in the world. Oh, yes, I love to give. But unless you actually say, this is what I'm going to give to, it doesn't matter. The gifts of God are to use. Now, I know that's Listen, you know, this is one of these sermons. It gets better after this. I'm into little encouraging sermons from next week. But I'm just trying to teach at this moment and say, actually, friends, we just need to think about how we serve the Lord. I'm not talking about the church and ministries here. Look, we do need people to help with that, but you know what? You know, we'll just do what we do. I'm thinking about how you live for God. Lord, how do I use what you've given me to serve you? How do I faithfully steward it so that what you've given me can become effective in the lives of people around us. I want to encourage you today to think about how you serve others, to think about the gifts and passion that God has given you and how you can use those things for the good of others.
to make a difference. That was a great video at the beginning, wasn't it? Moving the plant, you know. I love the, the kind of like, I love the uh, subtitles. He finds, he receives emotions. I wanted to say in a little Thailand accent, but that's not politically correct, so I stopped because Phoebe would tell me off. He receives emotions. He receives, it's just a phrase. Actually, you know what? The Bible says you reap what you sow. As you become a servant, as you give, then you find that actually God is able to use you to bring his kingdom into the world around us. Thanks for listening so much, guys, this morning. When you'll stand with me as we come to the end of our service and uh, just kind of like uh, seek the Lord together. It's been great to be together. Please go and get a coffee over the road and have a little look at some of the uh, ministries of the church. The, night, uh, the street pastors will be there. Um, you know, Derby is just a great place, you know, for the, the church working together. There's some really great ministries in the, in the city that happen through the church working together. And it's fantastic to see that. Um, so there are all kinds of ways that you can use what you have to serve the Lord. I just want us to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for one another. Lord, we, we are your body, Lord. We love the fact, Lord, that you've put us together, Lord, as your people. I, Father, we thank you that your spirit holds us together, Lord. It's not, Lord, anything else, Father. We know that, Lord. It's you who have joined us. And, Lord, you've given us love for one another that we are your people. And so I thank you that we can be together today. And, uh, Lord, I just commit each one of us to you. Lord, we hear your word. Lord, we recognize, Lord, that we want to be more like Jesus. And that means that we do have to be servants, Lord. Help us to do that, Lord. Lord, sometimes that's really hard. Lord, just remind us, Lord, that we look like you, Lord, when we serve. Lord, just help us to, uh, Lord, understand, Lord, that, Lord, people see you, Lord, when we're able to serve them, Lord, in love, Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory. So we just thank you for one another. We thank you for the amazing gifts, Lord, that are here. Lord, I thank you for the creativity, Lord, you've put within each one of us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you've invested in us, that we are your workmanship, created, Lord, to serve you and to serve others, Lord. Help us, Lord, to carry that with us and to be used, Lord, by you for your glory. So I ask your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.